0: Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined on the other side of the mic by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, how are you?
1: Doing well, Sean. Ready to talk some football with you. Uh, It's a weird stretch. Typically, on Monday, we would have recapped our Missouri game. I don't know about you. I didn't go back and watch all the game. I did go back just to clarify some stats that were eventually corrected anyway on Saturday night. But uh, I think for our listeners, we're just going to skip the whole Missouri recap.
0: Yeah, we we know you didn't want it, honestly. Like, you, we it. know that you love hearing <laughs> from us, and you love, you love hearing from us on Monday. But uh, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. We needed to collect our thoughts a little more before we came yeah. on here because, Derek, I was – Saturday night's episode. It has now moved a lot, and a lot of people have listened to that post game episode from Missouri. And I actually got some DMs and some tweets about it. And I think it was a not. It was a frustrating night for everyone. I think it was even a frustrating night for you and I because we sat there and like, why are they? Why do they look this bad offensively? And there, it happened at Missouri, but all is not well right now at UK. Like, I there's. There's there's a lot of things going on, Derek, that we're just going to have to wait and see. I want to see what happens when they take the field Saturday at Georgia. And not necessarily the result of the game. I just want to see what decisions they've made, who they've moved on from, who they've moved to, yes. who's out there. I want to know if this is the week that they flip the switch and you see a lot of new faces out there.
1: You nailed it. Um, I think what the Missouri loss did, I think my final takeaway – And I've kind of been beating this drum for a little while where I think the Tennessee game just prolonged it. Like what the Missouri loss did is, unfortunately, when you look at the schedule coming up, I think it took away the priority of this season. So I think at this point, what are you playing for? Because you're probably looking at, on paper, you're probably looking at at least three more losses. So it's six losses this season and you're you're probably just fighting to beat Vanderbilt and South Carolina to finish four and six. So with that in mind, what happens with some of these positions and it's a free year anyway so when do you start to turn to the future and i think yesterday we started getting those signs Sean, on the depth chart anyway and if you go by some of the comments of stoops there were some interesting comments which we'll dive into but i want to start i guess that's where we'll pick things up is with the depth chart there were three big changes that i saw and two of them actually didn't come to replacing starters just kind of left it open to interpretation. And it was Joey Gatewood or Terry Wilson, at quarterback, Chris Rodriguez, or AJ Rose at running back. And then Michael Drennan, who I don't think played very much at Missouri. He didn't, uh, but he did play at Tennessee quite a bit is now a starter uh, at the F position, uh, the wide receiver position yeah. that they have. Uh, has so.
0: Upshaw, has Upshaw been listed as an or with Rig too? Cause
1: I believe he was. Yeah. I think, I don't think that was a new change. I think he had been up there. Uh, I, I think it was actually the week. Uh, Brendan got hurt. I think he had been sharing a spot. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I can go back and double-check. But I want to say that that has been a thing
0: that has been there. And I'll tell you this. This is a Keaton started, though, didn't he? Or did they have two tight ends on that first play?
1: Obviously, the first pass of the game went to Keaton. But I can't remember if Justin was out there or not. I mean, it might have technically been a start for Keaton.
0: I will say this, too, Derek. This is a staff. We heard Mark Stoops say this multiple times, that just using this guy as an option, J.J. Weaver, or as an example, yeah. J.J. Weaver last year, they said that they probably could have got him more reps last year. That's what you can't let. You can't look back five games from now and say, oh, man, we really should have got this guy some game some game reps and some live reps. That's what I think that they're going to have to do right now because, like like you said, this year it's a throwaway. Everybody's going to a bowl game. Kentucky's probably going to play Louisville in a bowl game at some point. Honestly, I think that they're going to get a bowl matchup. But, You've got to look back on this and think that it's not just a a wasted year. You've got to get something out of it, and here's the deal. This roster still has a lot of talent, and they could be good next year, but it starts now. It doesn't start next year. If you want to be good next year, you've got to work some of these guys, and you have got to bring somebody along at wide receiver, and you've got to get somebody some chemistry at quarterback.
1: Yeah, and the quarterback spot's really interesting because you have – Not only do you have the oar with Terry Wilson, and I think that was probably coming anyway. You saw that happen at Missouri. As soon as they put Joey in the game for meaningful snaps, it was going to open the door, I think, for this kind of conversation. But then you get the fact that, really, you get until the end of yesterday's press conference before Stoops even mentions that Terry was not going to practice on Monday because of a minor injury. He didn't elaborate uh, on the injury, didn't really say what it was, just that it was nothing major that he wasn't going to practice, so that was going to give Joey Gatewood and also Bo Allen uh, some reps. And then on his call show last night, they basically said they wouldn't know until later in the week what the status was for Terry Wilson. So the way I'm reading this, Sean, is Joey Gatewood's a quarterback come Saturday. He is. And he's getting the bulk of the reps this week. Uh, Bo, I mean, if Terry's going to be out with an injury or something like that, you got to get Bo ready as well to be the backup. So I think you're – I think you're starting to see probably the changing of the guard at that position uh, come Saturday. And honestly, I was saying this. I said it on the last football podcast we had. It's not going to be totally fair to Joey that you played him a little bit here and there, but now his first game is going to come against the best defense they're going to see all year. Yeah. So what kind of, you know, I mean, I had been saying maybe that's the one area that the this, this, this schedule flip really might hurt them is that yeah. they were supposed to have played Georgia last weekend. Maybe you would have lost that momentum he had coming off Tennessee anyway, but shoot, they lost it anyway by going over to Missouri and losing. Well, so now you're in a spot where you don't get to – because I thought they would prepare Joey either after the Georgia game, going into Missouri before that changed, or they would just wait until the bye week. And now well, if Terry's not going to be out there, you're going to be in a scenario where it's, it's time for Joey to play.
0: I'm also going to tell you this too. If Terry had set the world on fire – but this team was still like four and six. I still think that they would have made a move at quarterback at some point this year just to prepare for the future because you have to take advantage of it. At some point, Derek, it comes down to making sure that you're moving forward and that you're not just throwing in a quarterback. Like Joey Gatewood doesn't need to get his experience next year. It needs to happen now. Same thing for Bo Allen if they want to give him that. Uh, It's a tough situation, though. Like, it's a tough spot, you know, and if if Terry – is indeed no longer the starting quarterback at the University of Kentucky. It's kind of, it's kind of unfortunate because he hasn't had the most, the best of luck. He had the injury last year. Uh, he's done some really good things for Kentucky football, some really big wins that he has. But uh, Derek, I just, I think that you're right. I think that we're seeing the changing of the guard there. And after the Tennessee win, I told you there is no quarterback controversy, but it didn't even make it two quarters until Joey Gatewood was on the field, and. It's kind of wild to think the ups and downs that five games had. It, those five games felt like a full season with everything that this team's kind of just gone through and navigated, from disappointing start to the defense really getting it together, beating Tennessee, dominating Tennessee, and then it didn't even make it two quarters until you're already, like, I mean, they're entrenched in quarterback controversy last week. Like, you didn't know who it was going to be.
1: Yeah. I think the big takeaway is that this is not not Terry, just him in general, but this offensive downfall, maybe maybe we should have seen it coming more. And even those games they were winning the last few years, last year notwithstanding because it was such a strange year with the offense that they ran, and they did have a lot of success, but 2018 in particular, they didn't win those games because they were so good on offense. Like, I think they actually finished in the hundreds that year in total offense. Yeah, they
0: weren't good that they, year.
1: They were finding ways to win, and then you get to this year where it's Terry has worse guys around him. Even at running back, I think they have some good running backs, but they don't have – I still think they could have a guy like Benny Snell and Chris Rodriguez if they would commit to that, but Eddie Grant is very reluctant, and I'm going to ask him about that. I don't know when people are going to listen to this podcast. I plan to ask him about that tonight. Because I think at this point, Sean, it's a fair question. Yeah, fair. Is there a reluctancy to go to Chris Rodriguez as your full-time running back? I mean, and I know they were in 36 plays the other day, but like, why hasn't that happened yet? So that's what I plan to ask. And I think, listening to what Stoops said yesterday, I think they're about to get back to that kind of running style. Yeah. The only unfortunate part of that is you're playing the best run defense in the country. So who knows how much success they're going to have being able to do that. But I think, per, especially for the bye week, you're going to see that against Vanderbilt. But... Years of bad wide receiver recruiting, I said that the other day, it's caught up to him. Um Average quarterback play, even even in Terry's best game, it's, it's been average. I'm not going to put it all on him, but he's not. He's not been great. He's done some good things. But it's an offense right now that is at a point that maybe we should have seen the signs more. And I'm saying that because it seemed even in the preseason our thought was they would still be a ground-and-pound type team, but then they got away from that. And I think they have got away yeah. from that a little bit. Honestly, and when this happens, it looks a lot worse.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this, and this kind of has been on my mind for a few weeks now, but now that it's happened and it's continued to happen, Derek, I honestly think that Eddie Grin and this coaching staff, they kind of felt pressure to throw the ball and to force it I'm at sure times. Yeah, And not just because that they didn't do it last year, but because they've got to show something to be able to recruit and to be able to get those guys, you have Bo Allen there for the future, you know Joey Gatewood's there. You you had to show something, but man, it's been. Here's the thing though. I think they know that they can't throw the ball down the field because it's been tunnel screen, bubble screen. It literally feels like I'm watching the Joker Philip era at Kentucky with all those screens. And the listen the the screen to Josh Ali, it's literally dying almost every single time. Like, it's just it's just not working. Like, any time that I see them running that, I'm like, well, this is probably not going to end well. And the one time he did have it open, he fumbled at Tennessee when it worked. I just don't know what they do offensively. So I'll ask you this. How big are these next five games for Eddie Grant and, and Mark Stoops' eyes and really the whole offensive side of this program, just to show some improvement that you can kind of – Look at it and say, okay, next year we could make strides with this offense and with our weapons. Do you, do you, or maybe because I don't think that honestly, what Kentucky needs to run the football to win. We know that. I don't think they're going to go out here and just sling it around and beat people. But how big are these games for Eddie Grant to kind of find something? Some because they do, yes, they have to run the ball to win, Derek, but at the same time, to take the next step as a program, they've also got to show that they can throw the ball.
1: Yeah, I'm not trying to use hyperbole when I say this, but I I watch a lot of football. I watch football all day Saturday and I watch football all day Sunday. And I know you can't compare college, you know, necessarily to the NFL. Kentucky has the worst passing offense that I watch on Saturdays. So I'm not I'm not trying to be harsh, I'm just telling the truth. Like I don't watch other games and see teams struggle as much as Kentucky does to complete passes down the field. It's 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 bad. It's really bad how bad this offense is at throwing the football. And when you have four of your top-off commitments for the next season as wide receivers, who, when you talk about the Cal is still getting recruited by Texas. They sling the thing around. Christian Lewis, he's been watching a lot of Ole Miss here lately. Well, Lane Kiffin throws the ball around. He knows how to get the ball to those guys. They have not shown pretty much since 2016. I'll give Eddie some credit that year, although their total numbers weren't really that good, but they had some bad games early in the season. Uh, well... They had some games here and there that didn't look so good statistically, even if they managed to win. So it's hard to say. But where I'm getting at is I just think Eddie Grant is better than what he's shown. And what I'm starting to come to the conclusion of is I don't know that Terry Wilson and Eddie Grant were a good fit together. No. And because you can't convince me that the – or maybe if they were the same kind of play calls, and maybe it was just executed better by Sawyer Smith. But that game against Florida, what they were doing those like that game looks nothing like what they were doing on Saturday. Well, what they did against Southern Miss in 2016, when he had a full no. healthy team, nothing like what we've been seeing these last few years. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm so confused on what the problems well, are. It yeah, go ahead. It's just, well,
0: that, man, that's a, those are really good points because I'm I'm glad you said it because you and I have talked a lot. About let's let's take it two weeks further and from Florida, Sawyer Smith couldn't even hold his arm up, and Eddie Graham yeah. was swinging yeah. that thing around like crazy. He Forty-two times and a loss. Which I lost makes no Carolina, which sense. Yeah. Which tells me the guy wants to take vertical shots down the field. Yeah. So is this a Mark Stoops handcuffing Eddie Graham type problem that they fell in love with winning games in the SEC in 2016 with running the football with Boom and Benny, and it's kind of been the identity of the program, and even though that they took on this identity, at some point, if you still, if you ever want to take that next step, though, you kind of have to evolve. You can still have that as an identity, but at the same time, Alabama football is now literally yeah. an unstoppable juggernaut offensively, and it's not just because running the football, Derek. They have wide receivers every year now that they're featuring that are skilled guys that they throw it out to, and they just use their speed or their skill set to make – I mean, yes, they're five-star guys, but if they can adapt and at least implement – if Nick Saban can evolve and adapt to that, anybody can't.
1: Well, you take, Saban's comments, I think, is what gonna, is going to lead to some change because when he says something, people listen. And when he's saying that good offense beats good defense now in college football – if, if the coach at the school that has won, God knows how many – I don't know what it is. How many national titles have they won under him? I don't know, like seven or eight. I might be overstating it, but they've won a ton of national titles. Been in the playoff you
0: know, I think pretty much won. every
1: year except last year. I think so, they won
0: five, right, because he's won six total maybe?
1: So I know they won 2010, 2012. Yeah, so that's probably right. I don't know. You guys can look it up. <laughs> You're listening. But it's too point, many to the count. The point is <laughs> – the point is, the way they've won under him, I mean, it used to be, it wasn't that long ago, I guess 10 years ago almost, they were winning you know, games 9-6, to six, or LSU beat sure. them 9-6 in overtime one year. And you look what LSU did last year. I know you can't compare the talent LSU and Alabama has to Kentucky. I get that. And, but the point of it is, these teams that for are always going to have more talent than you and relied on defense for all those years have now changed the way they play. Like, LSU's defense last year was nothing special. It was a good defense, but it wasn't. You well, know, in all-world defense, it was their offense. Like, Joe Burrow was incredible in that system. Their wide receivers were so good. And I asked Stoops that yesterday about Nick Saban's comments and him saying that, and he agreed with it. He said, yeah, there's some truth to it. But the point I think Stoops was more or less making is we don't have those guys that Alabama has to yeah. kind of throw the ball to. But you've got to show some kind of semblance of that, and you've got to try to get to that somehow. And I think it's probably coming, but, like, how do you break out of the cycle of – well? not being able to get kids because you can't show them that you can throw the ball. Whereas, I mean, like you've got to get the players to get a jump started. Right. And I think that's like the real crossroads that this program is at right now. And to your question earlier, that, that needs to be shown these last five games that either it's Joey Gatewood or it's Bo Allen. Like you've got to give these kids something to look forward to the next year, show them something tangible. And if you can get that worked out, I think this program is still in a good enough spot. You can get it changed. Like, I don't think it's dire because with Stoops there, the defense is going to continue to be good, and you know the offense has got to come around because they could be a very good program if they could get the offense caught up to the defense.
0: And two, I'll say this: Mark Stoops came to Kentucky. I've said I said this Saturday. He he, he came to Kentucky with an air raid offensive coordinator. Yes, he opened up 2016 versus Southern Miss, slinging the thing around with Eddie Grand as his offensive coordinator. Derek, I still think that if they can show it, I think that Mark Stoops won't be stubborn, and I think that he'll do it. But Stoops also understands the mindset of a coach, and I think he knows what he has, and it is ball control, ground and pound, and they've not been doing that this year. They've not even stuck to their identity and what their strength is, because I honestly think that they've tried to force some things just to try to show it, but they don't have the guys to show it with. But I'll also say this, this is also a program that they've had they got their guy twice. They got him in Drew Barker and it didn't work out because of injuries. And then they got him in Bo Allen. That's the only time that they've got their guy that they wanted at quarterback. Everybody else was an emergency option. Terry wasn't their guy. It was Jaron Williams. That didn't work out. I just I that's the thing. I'm not I'm not calling for Eddie grand to be fired because I honestly I want to see them with their guy. Does that make sense? At some point, like, but it it's makes, but do they get do they get to that point though? Is the thing because, I mean, Joey Gatewood, I still think they target him and they got him and they wanted him. But Bo Allen's their guy, Derek, for the future. That's where I'm looking long term here. And that's where I'm thinking this offense is, at some point it's going to turn, but you have to show some kind of relevancy to throw the football to get to that point. Because when they get Bo Allen in here, if he is as good as advertised with everything that we've heard, and these receivers that they've got in this class that they're trying to sign very, very soon here, in the next month or so, I think they have some guys coming in, Derek, that can change this thing but the problem is is you have to show something now to what doesn't crumble piece by piece
1: you're i think everything you said is exactly right i mean i don't want to say joey is a placeholder for bo because i don't think that's fair to say like you said i think they wanted joey i think it's also probably going to turn out to be that bo was a little bit better faster than they expected him to be and if some things play out, I don't think it's going to, like at this point, it's not going to be shocking that Bo plays this season at some point. So the only thing that I think needs to be cautioned, and I talked about this uh, last night on the phone with uh, Kalen Harris of the, of the cat scan podcast. And he made a good point. i thought about it as well. Worst case scenario is you put Joey and Bo both in, and they're not very good <laughs> this year because that's what they're selling and recruiting is that they're going to sling the thing around. They're going to, you know, they're going to have some guys that they can get the ball to the wide receivers. Would it be totally fair if two young guys come in and don't set the world on fire? No. I don't think that's just if they don't play well this year. doesn't mean that they'll never play well. Mm. At the same time, college recruiters are ruthless, and you know they're going to put that in the ear of other guys if they do show up and, and don't play so well. But I don't think all hope needs to be lost, but a game like Saturday, if there's any, any positive that should come out of it, is that it's so eye-opening that yeah. – you have a huge pro- problem on your hand that you can't, that they looked that bad against the team. And yes, they had played Alabama, they had played LSU, Missouri had. But you can't you can't complete more than, and it's even no further than that. Terry threw for close to 240 against Auburn. I think Auburn's defense is probably better than Missouri's defense. Like, what has happened these last few weeks? Like, something is bad off. And um, the worst I mean, part now is, is that you have such a brutal schedule coming up. So how do you even kind of take that into yeah. account?
0: And so yeah, that's that's the really you.
1: hard part about this season. And uh I'll be interested, Sean, when we get to get to South Carolina week. How is this season gonna be viewed? I, I don't know. Like I think what we're about to see is gonna be a lot different. It's it's almost gonna be like a tale of two seasons, really. I think the first half and the second half is gonna be a lot different in terms of the players who played on offense and, and what we think about the program moving forward.
0: Yeah, and the clock is ticking. I think, for some of these guys, because I do think that they're going to move forward. Uh, Saturday, Derek, is is the day that I want to see them kind of have the the guts to make some of these calls and move on from some people that you've given them years now. And they've yeah. never, they've not put up enough to kind of be the guy That's that you want to lean on. And honestly, they've been fair. They've given guys too long of a leash. And I think that, honestly, I think it comes from they know these kids. They want to do right by these kids. But sometimes doing right by these kids is being honest. And I just think that it comes down to that. But they have a hard job, Derek. There's so many players that they have to keep their word. But you also have to do right by the program. And you have to do right by the the people that are coming and paying money every single week to sit there and watch it and have given you – I think very solid support for the last five or six years. Really, the last in Stoops' entire tenure, they've given good support. And I know they want to they want to sit there and see exciting football, and that's what I'm looking at. I'm not going to look at this from a record standpoint. I know we were asked that from with a mailbag question on Friday, of what we would predict the rest of the season to look like. I'm not picking wins and losses. Like I'm not putting a record on it anymore. The only thing that I want to see is is it entertaining to watch. Do you see flashes that they could be very good next year and moving forward? And do you get some life offensively? That's all I'm looking at. I Even if they go two and three in the final five games, were they competitive? Did they give, theirse- give themselves a chance to win? And did they look better than they did in the first five games? If you do that, I think there's still enough buzz coming in next year. They're going to fly under the radar again because nobody's going to pick them. They'll be like sixth in the east. But I think that... As a coaching staff and as players, they would at least feel good about where they're moving. But also, too, Derek, I think it's very crucial right now that they kind of don't lose this locker room because I think that that's something that could happen when you have a quarterback change like that. You're going to have guys that go one way. You're going to have guys that go the other way, but you know what you're also going to have? You're going to have guys that might say – they don't want this to happen, but internally they do want it to happen. So those are the guy, and and honestly, those are the guys that I don't trust. Like yeah. I, I would want somebody to tell me straight up. But the good news is, Derek, it's a, it's a weird year. Only ten games. I don't think anyone's really judging anybody's program by the way they finish this year. Oh. And Kentucky still has opportunities. I think to find a way to turn this into something to feel good about. I don't know if the record will show that, but. There's still enough there that they can have some positives, and who knows? Maybe it in maybe they get it right and they still won late in the year at Florida or something like that. I, I still think this team has plenty enough talent to compete.
1: I agree with you. I, I do like the window. It's it's an obvious statement at this point, but the window to have a you know a, a memorable season, I will say, has passed. because you, you know they lost the games. They're gonna look back and really kick themselves to losing to Missouri and Ole Miss. Those are two programs of first year coaches that. Kentucky was better then and they lost to both those teams. So it's gonna be uh I think fascinating the storylines down the stretch, honestly, Sean. I mean that's that's probably my takeaway, is just uh these next few games. I can't I can't wait to see kinda how how they change some things around. What do they do to to get this place excited again?
0: Yeah, they definitely need a shot in the arm and I just don't know if it comes in uh against Kirby Smarts, Georgia Bulldogs. The, I think the one thing that you're looking at Saturday, the opening line surprised me, 13 points. I honestly thought it would be more given the way Kentucky looked at Missouri. But, Derek, I think the what Mark Stoops needs to look for Saturday is some fight. And how do these guys rally around one of the worst Saturdays in recent years, honestly. That was a terrible performance. The yeah. The response on social media was just as bad when you have you know parents criticizing, you have players retweeting things. Uh, there's a lot to not be happy about right now, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Mark Stoops, he said multiple times, "I won't flinch." That's his quote. He doesn't need to flinch now, but I'll tell you what he does. What he needs to do is he needs to see some guys look him in the eye, and that's who I'd be rolling with the rest of the season. But uh, this episode's brought to you by the Butcher's Pub with two locations, one in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Make it out to the Butcher's Pub for Wing Wednesday tomorrow. 75 cent wings, two dollar domestics. Uh, They also have that Buffalo Chicken Sandwich. It's Taco Tuesday right now at the pub, so make it out there today for that special. Get out there this weekend at noon to watch Kentucky, Georgia on the SEC Network. But we'll be back with another episode of Kentucky Daily tomorrow. We'll catch you then.